Great, card is in. Check, focus, focus, peak on. Okay, here we go. What is going on guys, Danny Fang here, and in this episode, we've got a special podcast. Today, I interview an incredible Boston-based advertising and editorial photographer, Diana Levine. Not Levine, Levine. I checked with her, I made sure, a little awkward moment, embarrassed myself, I think, a little bit, and we forgot about it and moved on. So Diana's body of work is not just stunning, but also super, super inspiring as well. And she's photographed people like Barack Obama, Kim Kardashian, Ed Sheeran, Alicia Keys, Haley Williams from Paramore, and the list literally goes on and on and on. So today, I'm gonna pick her brain a little bit and hang out and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's go. Thank you Diana for, for coming on and it's it's obviously a pleasure. And I'm really excited to ask you all these all these questions as well. So of course um I saw your your body of work through your website and, and Instagram of course and, and your portfolio is incredible and also very inspiring as well. I mean of course you have people like Obama and Ed Sheeran and Alicia Keys and uh, Haley Williams from, from Paramore. The thing that I'd love to ask um, people who work in industry is what got them into the field that they're in. So for example, you're doing photography full-time. So I kind of want to hear your story on what got you into photography and what photography means to you. Sure. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of a long story. Um, my grandfather was a photographer, so I grew up um, seeing his love and his passion for it. Oh, wow. and this was long, long before digital. So like when he would travel and he would take photos in Cuba or um, various countries, he would come home and actually set up like a whole slideshow and we would all gather around oh. and watch his, <laughs> his actual slideshow of, of photos. So I definitely grew up, he had like a color dark room and a, and a black and white dark room in his house. Um, so I literally grew up watching him do it. Um, and then I didn't really start shooting myself until um, high school and before that I actually I used to love giving photo shoots to like my best friend Julie we would come over and she would get dressed up and I would put her in front of the window and <laughs> take um and I would give her little photo shoots I think I was like on a first name basis with the guy who developed the film in our town right um and then I started I just always continued I started shooting for my high school newspaper my high school yearbook um any kind of magazines I could find in college I shot for. I started a magazine in college. Yeah, and then I interned for a couple of magazines when I was still in school. And then I started working full-time for a magazine right out of college. I was a designer and also the staff photographer. So mm -hmm. I worked for about a year at a magazine and then I um, quit my full-time job and went freelance when I was about 22. Right. And, and all this was in City. Boston, is it? It was all in Boston right. until I turned 22, and then we moved to New York City, um, and I worked there for about 10 years. Mm. Um, and so that was kind of wh where my professional right. photographer career started. But before that, it was a lot of shooting for my high school newspaper and right. <laughs> shooting my friends <laughs> and <laughs> interning. <laughs> so when you were in New York, you did a lot more to do, I guess, with um, like editorial things? Yeah, it? it was kind of half advertising and half editorial. Right. So it was either shooting ad campaigns or branded content. Um, and then the other half was editorial, either shooting for Rolling Stone, Billboard, right. AOL, um, just various magazines. Um, and in Boston, I shoot for the Boston Globe, Boston Magazine. So kind of always had like half of my, half my work was about more advertising, half was an editorial. Right, right. Who are the people that kind of mentored you or kind of you saw as mentors mm. that inspired you to do photography? I mean, other than, uh, of course, your grandfather as well. I mean, my, my photography professor, Stephen Dorado, he's like such an incredible photographer. Mm. Um, and I had another professor named Frank Armstrong, who, um, and they're both incredible. Mm. So I think a lot of my like aesthetic comes probably from them since I studied with them for four years. And then, you know, I had a lot of mentors um, starting out 
um, both in terms of photography and in terms of starting my own, you know, kind of running your own business right. and being freelance. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I feel like Matt, my husband, is my biggest, like, I don't know if I'd say mentor, but we kind of started out together. Right. So um, ha- having him like always by my side to kind of run things by him and chat about things has always been really helpful. Right. Um I had a, another professor named George Gendron who was really helpful in teaching me kind of about the, about the business end of um, starting your own your own business. Um, and you know, I just had a lot of mentors in New York um, in terms of like photo editors and art directors that taught me just so much about what it means to be a good photographer. Well, my favorite photographer ever is Peggy Sirota. I love her photos. I love her spirit. I love that she just puts in so much positivity and creativity into all of her photos and like even when I flip through a magazine and I see a photo I'm like oh that was definitely Peggy Sirota like I just know I know her work so well um so she's just incredible um I also love Amanda de Cadenet and I hope I'm saying her name right um she's a photographer and she also started a tv series called The Conversation she does a whole bunch of media surrounding like women's issues and I just love that she has kind of taken her work as a photographer and turned it into something that's kind of making the world a better place. Right. Um, so those are my two favorites for sure, right. is Peggy Sorota and Amanda de Cadenet. And I hope I'm saying her name right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of making a world a better place, I know that you started, well, I, I'm not really sure how long ago you started this, but you started a project called um, Team Fox, isn't it? So actually, Team Fox is the fundraising platform for the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Right. Um, so, and I started a series called Photoshoot for a Cure, which right. raises money for Team Fox. So right. I didn't actually start oh, Team okay. Fox. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I raise money for Team Fox. Right, right, right. And that's and that's incredible. And um, I mean, for the people who don't know what the uh, the whole project and the whole campaign is about, maybe you can explain to us sure. uh, what this concept is. Sure. Um, so 12 years ago, my mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Um, and it was a very, uh, you know, upsetting thing to find out. Um, so it was about a couple, it was about two years before we moved to New York City. And it was kind of hard because I, I really wanted to follow our dreams and move to New York and you know, become a photographer, but I was also felt a little bit hesitant because my mom was in Boston and right, she had just been yeah. diagnosed with this disease and she like totally pushed me to go. She was like, you have to live your life. You have to follow your own passions and you can't just stay because of me. So we did move to New York um, and we were there for about eight to 10 years. And I say eight to 10 because there was a couple of years where we were back and forth. Right, right. Um, and so we ended up moving back to Boston two years ago and um I just wanted to kind of find a way to raise money for Parkinson's research, um, and I, you know, I'm not much of a marathoner. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really want to sign up for a marathon, um, so I just I had this idea. I was like, maybe I'll try using my work as a photographer to raise money for research, mm. um, and so I got involved with Team Fox, which is the fundraising arm of the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research. And I started something called Photoshoot for a Cure. And last year, I basically just set up pop-up photo shoots and people could sign up. Um, and, you know, I was shooting really anything, portraits or headshots or whatever people needed. Right. Um, and it was really fun. Last year, we, we partnered with um, a salon in Boston called James Joseph Salon. Mm-hmm. And we set it up, like, actually in their space. Yeah, so that was really fun. So basically, last year, we did, like, just pop-up shoots. We raised about $10,000. And then this year I decided to try to turn it into a, a party. So we we threw a big photo shoot party in Boston um, a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. It was, yeah, it was called Photoshoot for a Cure. And basically 
was kind of a new concept, but it was really, really fun. Um, we had nine photographers volunteering their time. We had three full photo shoots um, where people could come, you know, just take photos. Um, we had a silent auction. We had um, a pop-up gallery from Following Boston, which is a, a really popular Instagram account. Um, we had uh, Like Us, the Like Us store in Boston did like a photo booth with their instant camera. We had speakers, we had food, we had drinks. Um, it is, oh, and I forgot the most important part, we had makeovers. <laughs> so um, Sephora did makeup sessions. Um, we had James Joseph Salon doing hairstyling. And we had a, a company called Polish uh, Nail Boutique to do manicures. So people could come, get made, get makeovers, come get their photos done. And we raised about... Uh, I think about $34,000. So to date, wow, we've raised about, incredible. I think we've raised almost $45,000 wow. um, for Parkinson's research. And I'm hoping that next year we will uh, greatly increase that. So I have, I have big goals for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's incredible. Super inspiring Thank as well. you so much. Um, and if you ever expand to Europe, I'm so down to come down to your party <laughs> and participate. I've, I've gotten a couple of requests to do it in the UK. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, that's There's amazing. a couple of people who want us to do it there. So we'll see. I have two kids, so it's a little hard to yeah, parties I can imagine. internationally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not impossible, so yeah. we'll see. <laughs> so the next question that I want to ask you is, what was the point where you felt was the breakthrough for you in, in your career that you're like, ah, oh, okay, you know, I'm... I'm in, in, you know, in the industry, so to speak. And I guess it would be kind of sure. interesting to kind of see and hear the, your transition from that. And also, I guess, hear like the first official big gig of yours. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, in reality, it all happened very gradually. I started right. shooting my friends' bands and pretty much any band that would let me shoot them, I, I started shooting them. So it was very gradual. Um, and I guess my first kind of steps into the actual industry were my internships. I interned for Jane Magazine in New York City and um, and for Boston Magazine. So that was kind of my first even like stepping my toe into the waters of the real industry. Um, and then when I moved to New York, um, I guess my first like real work that I was, that, that I felt like was my first big shoots was um, AOL Music at the time. They had found me through social media and they, um, they just started hiring me to shoot a lot of their musicians. So that was when I started shooting um, kind of like more well-known musicians. I think the first one was Raphael Sadiq. Right. Um, I was actually, I was trying to think before the interview uh, to remember who the first ones were. Right. And I couldn't remember what the first ones were. <laughs> I know it was Raphael Sadiq. I think Billy Corgan was one of the first ones. Um, I can't, I have to like go through my website and figure out which were the very <laughs> first ones. But I, I worked with AOL. I probably did hundreds of shoots for them over the years. Um, so I can't remember exactly which were the first ones. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the start. And then once I started working for them, you know, my name kind of got around and I started shooting for like Rolling Stone and Billboard and um, a lot of music, a lot of music work. Right, right. I guess like the music industry is kind of like the first, uh, I guess, common place to, to go to as far as like, yeah. with, like photography. I think in, in film as well. Um, I know, like, right, music videos. Yeah, exactly, like music videos and stuff like that. I think that's like kind of, kind of common. But yeah, I mean, that's incredible. And I think I think with the power of like social media as well, you know, like uh, you told me they found you the yeah. they come with, found you through your social media as well. Yeah, right? and this was like before Instagram even existed. I mean, this was a while ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think she found me on Facebook. I think I had taken some photos of, of just like my friends. I mean, I think the photos that they saw weren't even like from 
a real shoot or anything. Oh, <laughs> I think okay. I just taken some photos of my friends oh. and um, <laughs> and one of the photo editors saw them and was like, "Oh, she'd be great for AOL." And she emailed me, and I I still remember the, I still remember getting that email from her. I, I was actually on a music video scout with my husband Matt. Right. Um, I think at the time he was my boyfriend. And I still remember like exactly where I was when I got that email, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, amazing!" <laughs> and so, yeah, that email definitely changed my life. Right. <laughs> I mean, you, uh, you've done loads of shoots, obviously, but uh, I was just wondering if if there is one specific shoot that was like really memorable to you, and I guess the best experience you've ever had, particularly like a milestone for you that you would like to share. Sure. Um, I mean, I've done so many shoots that I am like so blessed to have done um but <laughs> if I think through all of them I mean certainly like anyone that I grew up listening to or loving like growing up and then I get to photograph them you know once I grew up um that's really cool like Alicia Keys I've photographed her a few times and um you know I grew up listening to her I know every word of all her songs <laughs> so that was that's pretty cool like whenever I photograph her I have to tell myself like Diana don't sing along like if, she, if she's singing or if she's playing piano don't don't fan along. out. Don't, don't fan along. out. <laughs> don't. I mean, I actually, I don't fan out. Like for some reason, I don't. I don't. I don't get like that. Like even if it's someone I really like, I just I'm able to just separate it in my mind. Right. Like right now, I'm working, um, but but I do know all the words for her songs, and it is hard not to sing along. Yeah. <laughs> that I will admit. Um, and you know, Barack Obama was obviously pretty life changing. Um, I loved shooting Kim Kardashian. She was just so just so fun to photograph. Um, and, you know, there, I mean, there's just, I really, like, I've learned something from every single person I've shot. So I, it's hard to pick pick one out that's, um, like, the best experience. Right. But um, certainly, like, even, like, Kylie Minogue, I listened to her all the time growing up. So <laughs> photographing her was really fun. Um, no, there's a lot. <laughs> I also I, mean, I also really liked shooting, um, I've shot a few ad campaigns for Converse. And even, like, like I grew up, like, wearing Converse. So <laughs> anything that I would have thought that was cool when I was little, I would think is cool yeah. now. <laughs> I haven't changed. Other than, I guess, photography and film, where else would you uh, search for inspiration to, to I guess, to keep, keep your artistic fire moving I guess I mean I don't know if this is a cheesy answer but probably for my kids right <laughs> well, that's beautiful um, you know they just they're so new to everything and like my daughter loves taking pictures and she calls it my my camera she oh. like, loves to, to she says like my camera my camera and you know honestly it's fun for me to both I mean I both enjoy taking pictures of them and I just like I like seeing her my daughter and my son kind of like taking pictures, seeing what they take pictures of. Um, it's fun to see like, you know, for them, like they see the stuff that we kind of think of as boring and we wouldn't think to take pictures of right. it. But, you know, kids, they photograph the things that they like. So they'll take the camera over and they will mostly they take pictures of me and Matt. Um, <laughs> but they'll also like if they really like a toy that they have, they'll just go take pictures of that toy and they'll take like 100 pictures of the toy. <laughs> So I don't know, it's, I, I get inspiration just kind of seeing them and, and seeing like, you know, if, if I have a really busy week where I'm shooting nonstop and shooting, editing, shooting, editing, shooting, editing, you know, I'm a little tired by the end of the week, but then I see them pick up a camera and be like so excited by it. And I'm like, oh, I remember feeling that <laughs> way too. <laughs> so it, it is pretty magical. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I can imagine that because it's like, um, I guess with children, it's uh, their their viewpoints are so fresh and innocent, I guess, you know, yeah. it's not like, it's sometimes like knowledge, even though it's knowledge is 
incredibly powerful sometimes that could also be like a blur or, or like a limitation like we yeah. might always think of like oh there's all these rules and we have to like expose things properly and stuff but then kids yeah. usually don't think about these things and they just yeah, point no. and shoot and then <laughs> something from that i guess it's kind of magical to kind of see that and yeah, yeah. and i like taking pictures of them too yeah. just like going outside is there any pictures <laughs> online that's taken from your kids <laughs> that's you taken from them yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i could probably actually maybe there's a picture i think they took they I think my son took a picture of me and my husband and my daughter at some point. Right. <laughs> um, so maybe there's one or two. That's super adorable. So um, earlier you were uh, you mentioned that one of your first biggest gigs they contacted you via social media. Yeah. Guess, yeah. So uh, I guess the question that I want to ask you is how do you see social media nowadays and how is it affecting your career as a freelancer as well? Sure. So for me. Um, you know, social media was hugely influential in starting my career. Um, and, you know, it, it's totally different. When I when I first started, I, I think we had Facebook, but we didn't really have anything. I think we still were on MySpace back then. Um, we definitely didn't have Instagram or anything like that. So it's it, social media, first of all, is completely different now than when I started. Like now for photographers, Instagram is huge. Um, and so... It's de- so I definitely needed it for when I started my career, but in terms of like actually continuing and maintaining my career, I found really fundamentally it's mostly about the relationships that I have with my clients, and it's mostly like word of mouth. And so I don't think I actually really get work from social media myself now. I'm sure there. I, I think that's different for other photographers who are starting out now. I think a lot of photographers are getting their starts on Instagram and meeting people through Instagram right. and. Um, I definitely connect with a lot of people like I enjoy it um, but I don't I think in terms of my actual work most of it is just r- relationship based um, you know I ha- most of my clients most of my work that I do is repeat work f- for clients so I shoot for a magazine right, right. once and then I just keep shooting for them for many years so you know I, I it I think in terms of now my social media it, it's almost more like it keeps me accountable and it keeps me excited about like sharing my work um, it makes me kind of excited to, it's kind of like the, the online version of what critiques were when I went to photography school. Right. Like, you know, you get so, you get excited, like, okay, Friday is critique day. And so, you know, all week you work to make sure that you have something good to put on the wall on Friday. So that's kind of how I think of like Instagram and social media now is kind of a motivation for me to make sure like, you know, make sure I'm shooting something every week that's exciting and new. Um, but I don't think it, I don't, I think fundamentally when it comes to actually like the work that I'm that I do. I think mostly it's just relationship based and word of mouth mm. and um you know one of my art directors might give my name to someone else. That's really I think where where my work comes from. Mm. But the social media part is fun and it definitely keeps me accountable and keeps me excited to keep shooting and um keep posting. That's amazing. Uh, and um because now I see that you uh, you're like um, very active on on Instagram always posting I guess like behind the scene things and stuff like that to yeah. just keep keep people uh showing that you know what kind of work you're doing now and stuff but is that is instagram something that you jumped on quite recent or yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i think i started instagram when it first came out mostly because we all thought the filters were cool right. so <laughs> i don't even think i used it as a social media platform i think i just used it to like put filters on the photos of my dog right. <laughs> um and then i kind of just didn't use it for a long time um and then i took a little break to have i have two kids so i i took some time off um, when they were born and then it and then um my husband matt has an instagram account um he runs the cinematography database yeah, instagram and so he's super into it and he'd always be like diana <laughs> you have to join instagram again like the last instagram photo you have is of, like our dog from 
four years ago. So I think, <laughs> I forget when it was, I think it was earlier this year, I kind of, I already had an account, but I logged back on. Right. <laughs> I started, I mean, I haven't posted my work on Instagram for many years, or I don't think I ever did actually until a few months ago. But it is really fun and it is, I, you know, I like keeping up with um, what like my other photographer friends are doing in their work and um, so, I, I do enjoy it, but I am somewhat new to it, I guess. Because <laughs> I think, I think um, my initial discovery for your work, I think it was through uh, your husband, Matt. I don't remember how, but somehow I, I found your work, at, well, your website anyway. And I was just oh, like, wow, okay. this is incredible. So I was just flicking through your work and stuff, and then I wanted to like, go on Instagram and kind of like, see what work they've been doing uh, recently and stuff. But, but I guess it's something that you, you jumped on quite quite early so yeah so I guess like the content of there were it was kind of like oh it's like th there's one that you posted yesterday and then like something that was posted like four years ago or something like that yeah but it's really cool I mean obviously I'm following you on, on Instagram as well and and like uh, the work that you're doing is absolutely incredible I think last time we spoke on on Instagram you were doing Young the Giant yeah like, that was really fun on tours yeah yeah I shoot a series of backstage galleries for um the Boston Globe and Boston Magazine so anytime yeah anytime artists come and have a show in Boston you know sometimes I'll go backstage and photograph them um like either just hanging out or we do some portraits and then I usually shoot uh, photograph them like right up until they go on stage and I kind of I photograph them doing you know their their pre-show prayer their pre-show huddle and then literally I will walk right on stage with them <laughs> and, and photograph like a minute of their show and then I run home and I actually have to deliver the files that night because the post goes live the next morning oh, so okay. yeah so I do the it's pretty fun I get to shoot like a lot of bands that come to Boston so I did Young the Giant I think last week I did Hanson which was really fun yeah we have a few more fun ones coming up too wow that's amazing. I guess not so much with bands and backstage, but I guess when you're on like a, I guess like a proper photo shoot session, um, I guess what I wanted to ask is how is it that you keep engagement with the client or the, or, or the model, him or herself to kind of keep the energy flowing and um, try to get the emotions that you want out of them? Sure. So in terms of engagement with the client, which is the, you know, the people that hire me aren't, aren't the people that I'm photographing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, my client would be like the art director, the photo director right. or an editor. Um, so in terms of my relationship with them, it's usually pretty easy because most of them, most of my clients, I, I mean, some of them I've worked with probably hundreds of times. Um, um, but most of my clients I've worked with many times to the point where like they don't even need to say anything. Like I know exactly what they want. I know exactly what they need. Um, and they have trust in me. So they're yeah. not really focused. They can just focus on what they need to do. And they don't even really have to um, help out too much with the actual shoot. It's usually like a, like a one-liner email. Like, Diana, this day, are you okay? <laughs> this yep. day, okay, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my, in terms of engagement with the client, it's pretty, usually it's pretty easy because we've worked together so many times. Um, and then engaging with the person I'm photographing, it depends a little bit on, one, if we've worked together before. Like there's certain artists, like I photographed Hanson recently, like I photographed them a bunch of times before. Right. So it's just easier um, the next time you work together because you kind of already know each other um and it also depends on you know how shy they are how outgoing you know there's some people you photograph and they're so outgoing and so, they're almost like improv actors like they're just <laughs> so easy you're just kind of they're just doing their thing and you're photographing them you're just like along for the ride and then there's some people who are really shy and you know they might be a musician but they um that doesn't mean that they uh are 
outgoing. <laughs> you know, they right. might love music, but they might not necessarily be the most um, outgoing outgoing person. Sometimes it takes some time just to get them relaxed and get them comfortable. And um, I find like the easiest way to get someone like that comfortable is just to kind of like show your human side and like, like I'm not afraid to like, you know, say something or do something that's like a little, not embarrassing, but just like uh, vulnerable or something right. so that they know that like, you know, like I'm a mom, like I have kids, like I'm not judging anyone, um, just so that people can, um, you know, relax a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it really depends on the person's personality, how many times we've worked together, what the situation is, you know, do I have 30 seconds to photograph them? Do I have three hours? Like you just kind of... Um, I've just done so many shoots at this point that I just, it's like, I don't have to even think about it. You just kind of know how to make each individual person kind of relax. Right, and, right. Um, I mean, the most important thing is that people feel comfortable and they're not like nervous in front of the camera. Yeah. So that whatever it takes to make yeah. that happen. Because like, uh, for example, even like with me, I mean, I, I obviously operate on the camera, but usually when I'm in front of the camera, it's very difficult for me to, to relax, especially oh, when someone's like me trying too. to... Me too. Yeah. I'm the worst. <laughs> really? Oh my gosh, I'm the worst. <laughs> and sometimes I'll actually tell people that. I'll, like if they're nervous, I'll tell them, like, I'm, I promise you, like I would be so much more nervous than you. <laughs> <laughs> like, for example, even like with my YouTube channel, right, it's, it took me forever to kind of get into like a comfortable state even now like when i watch back some of my videos i'm just like ah you know i feel i just look like very tense you know but i'm trying i'm, I'm trying to get to the point where i'm kind of comfortable like to be in front of the lens than opposed to like, yeah. the other side yeah oh i'm definitely not comfortable with it and sometimes i i've had to do like interviews and stuff like that on a camera before and I'm very awkward but I feel like in some ways that benefits me as a photographer because I'm so uncomfortable in front of the camera that I that I have empathy for everyone right because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think last year I went back home and my sister yeah my sister was around and um, I mean obviously as I said she, she's a photographer so sometimes she would just be like kind of being very sneaky and trying to like take pictures of me because something looks cool or mm. the light looks cool or something like that and then when I know that there's a camera pointing at me. I don't know why, but I get into this very like weird, you know, like silly <laughs> mode kind of situation. And my, and my sister. Yeah, suddenly people don't know where their hands go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Suddenly, <laughs> you know where your hands, you have no problem with hands at all in your life until someone takes pictures. Yeah, you just suddenly like, you're like, I don't know where these went before. <laughs> I guess the most asked question that you might get, I guess, is how do people balance their work life with Oof. their personal life? And that's something that I'm I'm still struggling to kind of learn, I guess. And I, I was wondering if there's anything that you would like to share or maybe kind of tell us on like how you manage your uh, your family and your freelance work life. <laughs> I would say that we're, <laughs> I would say that everyone is struggling to mm. figure that out. I don't think there's anyone who's like, oh, yeah, I figured that out. <laughs> um, yeah, every day we're just trying to figure it out as we go. Um, I mean, I have my work. I have a husband. I have two kids. They're two years and four years old. Um, and literally every day we're just figuring out as we go. I mean, even just figuring out who's watching the kids and who's mm. taking them to school and who's getting lunch ready. And I mean, every day we're just figuring out. Um, I mean, it helped a lot that, so Matt and I have been together since we were like, uh, 15, 16 years old. Right. Um, so, and we kind of went into the industries even though we work, he works in film and I, I work in photography, but there's similar industries and we, we became freelance at the same time. We both, we just had very similar levels of, um, like passion and similar levels of motivation. And, um, so 
that actually was really helpful because, you know, when you become a freelancer, you kind of have to give like everything up. Like, you, you know, if say you want to, you know, you have a birthday party to go to, but you get a job, like you're going to take the job. Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely helped having, you know, it's my husband and my boyfriend at the time that um, totally understood that like pretty much work comes before almost everything. Right. Um, you know, for instance, like if we had like a date scheduled, like n neither one of us would mind if the other one breaks it to go work right. because work comes before. <laughs> I think it would be harder if you had a boyfriend or girlfriend who would be like mad about yeah. that. Um, so in terms of, of, you know, before we had kids, the work-life balance is pretty easy because, you know, sometimes it's, it's a struggle more with like family members um, that you know, you have to say, I'm sorry, I can't come home for Thanksgiving this year, whatever it is, because I have to work. And, um, but yeah, in terms of Matt, it was always really easy because we, and we also worked together a lot. Like there was a lot of shoots that we worked on together. And yeah, like, of course. you know, we both love, we both have always loved what we do so much that I think we could, you know, even if we're on a shoot together, we consider that like, you know, time together, right. <laughs> <laughs> even though we're working. Um, and then, man, having kids just takes it over to a whole new <laughs> level <laughs> of figuring out the work-life balance. And um, it's hard. It's hard. And I haven't figured it out. And I, you know, I, before I became a mom, I asked, I think I got all of my parenthood advice from people on set, either at my shoots or Matt's shoots. So <laughs> that was helpful because all my parenting advice came from other freelancers and um, that kind of a thing. But Man, it's hard. You know, I, I there's some days where Matt watches the kids the whole time and I'm working. There's some days that I watch the kids all the time and he's traveling. And, you know, it's every day it's different. We don't get to I don't have a nine to five job where I can just have a nanny come nine to five. And, you know, that I'm home. You know, there's a lot of nights that I'm working really late. Yeah. Um, and you just try to when you're not working, you just try to be there as much as possible and have good quality time together. And, um, you know, I hope that my kids know that. Um, I hope that I hope it benefits them to see their mom doing something that she loves and um, and, you know, like achieving, achieving things. And so that's on days that I feel guilty about being away from them. I, I just tell myself that <laughs> I hope it's true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they will. Uh, they'll see it like in the long run, like, oh, you know, mom's been doing this for us for a very long time. She's doing something that she loves. So I think. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> But it's hard. It's hard to say goodbye in certain days. And especially when they're little, it's hard to hard to leave them. And to be honest, in the beginning, I, I, like my my daughter used to come to a lot of my shoots with me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, depending on the shoot, sometimes Matt would come with her or, or maybe he would just bring her for like an hour right. and I get to see her for a little bit. Because I know Matt obviously has his own company as well and his YouTube channel happening mm. as well. And you have your freelancing as well. So and I'm just thinking like now that you have all these kind of uh, segments, plus I guess sometimes either one of you will be traveling and stuff. Um, do you usually like get someone um, in like a family member or something to look after the kids or, it's, or is it always either you or Matt? Yeah, so since we have had the second child, we only travel either all together right. or one of us will go. Like there's never a time where we both go right. and the kids stay. Yeah. Um, I guess so that makes sense. All, yeah. yeah, we're either all together or he travels. And um, I actually haven't traveled yet. Like I pretty much um, only take local work or I have taken work in New York, but I like I'll take it on time. So I know that we're all going to be in New York. Oh, OK. Um, and in those cases, sometimes they the kids come to the shoot. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> if I don't have a babysitter in New York, they'll just come with us. But they're pretty cool about hanging out on set. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's still something that, uh, I mean, the work-life balance kind of situation, obviously, as a freelancer, is still something that I'm trying to work out as well. I mean, my life is obviously not as, I guess, complex as yours and Matt's at the moment. But, like, I guess um, what, one of the biggest uh, dilemmas that I'm faced right now is especially like with my parents because they're back home and they're always just mm. oh, are you gonna come back in Christmas are you gonna come back soon and so and I'm just like well That's you know the hardest one. yeah exactly and I'm just like well I think this month you know there's these jobs happening everything's still up in the air and I can't just leave <sighs> and you know <laughs> it's so hard because first of all a lot of the work doesn't get booked until a couple weeks before so I can't even say yes I'm gonna be home for the holidays or whatever because I don't even know what my work schedule is gonna be like two months from now. Right. <laughs> and then the other thing is that, you know, especially when you're first starting, well, at least when we were first starting out, like you don't want to miss any opportunity because you never know, you know, maybe a shoot that you do doesn't really turn into anything else, but every now and then you do a shoot and that, that relationship or something turns into a whole nother branch of your work. So it, it almost feels like you can't, you don't want to miss any opportunities. Right. So even for us, like, Gosh, I remember like our, our family would want us to go on vacation. And for us, like the idea of taking a whole week or 10 days where <laughs> we couldn't take work was so hard. I mean, like I think phones we only took... off, laptops off and... Just... Or, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it wasn't as big of a deal. Like if it wasn't as big of a deal for us to go to Boston because, I mean, there was multiple times where I was on the train going to Boston to visit family and I would get called for a shoot the next day and I would literally get off the train at the next stop, get on another train and go back to Oh, work. really? Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, like as long as it was, you know, drivable, that isn't that big of a deal. But for us, like... There was a couple of times, I think we went to Hawaii once, and I just remember, like, I still remember the shoots that I had to turn down because I was in Hawaii. Right. <laughs> I, like, I still remember all the shoots that I missed. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's hard because, you know, especially when you're a freelancer, like, you want to be available as much as humanly possible yeah. to take jobs. And it's really, it is really hard when, um, you know, your family wants you to be there for something. And I basically just, in the end, like, I just... There were certain events that I knew I was going to turn down work for. Like my when my sister got married, when my sister had her first baby, I wanted to be there for when my niece was born. And you just kind of tell yourself, like, you know what, this time, you know, it doesn't matter what the work is. I'm not, not going to take it. And, and then I just try to be honest with my family. <laughs> if it's if it's not that, you know, if, if it's, you know, you know, birthday parties, you know, I, I do everything I, I can to be there and stuff. But um you know, there's there's some events that you kind of have to put into the category of like, I'm going to, even if it's Barack Obama, like I'm going to turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if, you know if, if anyone calls, you know, my sister's wedding, like I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, you kind of have to be honest with yourself. That there's going to be some events that you're going to have to miss. And it's hard. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And you don't want people to feel like you're prioritizing work over them. And you just kind of hope that your family and friends kind of support your mm support your mission enough that they understand and, and mostly people do well i guess like uh, you and your husband i guess um never gone into the dilemma of putting i guess work first than anything else because like you said like if you guys had something scheduled but a job comes through you guys will yeah, be okay cool with, yeah, it. yeah yeah right, right. yeah <laughs> no but that's really cool yeah, we've yeah, always yeah. Cool i guess it's very difficult to uh, to find you know as a partner like that life because me and my girlfriend were always cool about stuff like that but, uh, yeah. but obviously like i know a lot of friends who are in relationships that it's always kind of like it's always kind of like a compromise i guess and yeah. it's always like a struggle for them as well especially i mean i get it like when when matt he used to do i think there was like some 
short films or feature films that he did and he was gone so much and um and I think at that there was there's definitely been times where I complained about it. I'm not saying I never I'm not I'm not saying I never complain about it, but I understand it. But yeah, there's definitely He's like been in times. the other room like listening right now saying she she better be saying good things about me. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I don't, there's definitely times where it, it's hard. Sure. Um and you know, I you just try to you just try to understand it, but um I definitely remember when like in college I think he was shooting some feature films and he would be gone for like you know, seven days a week, right? you know, 12 hours a day. And I think there was one Valentine's Day. I, I was like, <laughs> I think I cried and I was like, I don't want you to do this anymore. <laughs> but um, for the most part, we're pretty chill right. about each other's work. Before we wrap the whole thing, the I, I guess what I wanted to ask is if there were like three tips as a photographer that you, you would give the people out there, what would it be? I would say my biggest advice is one is just to shoot a lot, like shoot every day, mm. um, even if it's not paid work. Like, I mean, depending on what you want to go into, like if you want to go into music, shoot your friends' bands and shoot all the band, all the bands you can find. Yeah. <laughs> I think that just shooting a lot gives you the confidence. At least it's, that's what gave me confidence. You know, the first time I think I did a shoot, I think I was like afraid to even say the word like I'm a photographer <laughs> I think I wanted to be like well I'm a, I'm a photography student and I'm you know you had to kind um, of like explain yourself in, in a way. yeah <laughs> so I think the only thing that you know that when you're starting just shoot as much as you possibly can whether it's paid or not paid just you know just get experience because there's a lot of stuff that you just can't learn necessarily in the classroom or online like you just have to kind of learn it yourself mm. so just shooting a lot and then obviously now there's social media like sharing it um you know, shoot it and share it. Um, and then the, I guess the other things I would say is that, uh, you know, the, the aesthetic part, the creative part is really important, but I would say equally or possibly even more important is just being nice, being trustworthy, being reliable, being on time, um, delivering your files ahead of schedule, just being so easy to work with that whoever you're shooting, whoever you're shooting for, whoever you're, whoever's, you know, paying you, mm. um, they just it just make it as easy as humanly possible for them, um, because people when people are looking to hire photographers, they want great photos, but they also need to know that you're going to be reliable and trustworthy. You're going to show up on time. So all the borings it sounds boring, but no, just, no, not at all. Yeah, just just be trustworthy and that kind of thing. Especially like in my field where you're working with a lot of like well-known people or well-known bands, like just being a hundred percent trustworthy and reliable is super important. Um, and then the other thing that I tell people starting out that's so important that I didn't really even realize when I was younger is that, you know, when you're interning or when you're first starting out, like make sure to keep really good relationships, um, not just with the people that you're interning for, but with the in people that you're interning with, because, um, you know, the people that you're interning for, they're likely pretty far ahead of you in terms of their careers, but the people that you're interning with, you know, at the time they're interns with you, but they'll go on to be you know, the editors of the magazines right. and the, um, the art, you know, the, the people that are motivated enough to be interning with you are motivated enough that they're going to be pretty success, successful in their own careers. Yeah, yeah. So I think people sometimes forget to maintain um, your connections with the people that you're starting out with, in addition to trying to maintain connections with people that are a little bit further ahead of you in your careers. Um so I don't know, just overall, just shoot a lot and be nice. <laughs> be a good person. That should be, be a your good slogan. person yeah. and shoot a lot and that's it. Shoot a lot and be nice. That should be your, yeah. your line. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't really feel like I'm a person to necessarily give advice. Cause I, I, I'm, just I'm just figuring it all out. I'm just like, right. 
I mean, I mean, a person who's uh, who has a portfolio as as inspiring and and as big as as yours, I'm 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 sure. Like I, w- I mean, I'm listening to your advice right now as well. You know? oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, most of the thing is more like reminders as well to to always just kind of I guess be humble is is probably yeah, like the word. It helps. Yeah, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> well, Diana, I mean, I mean, thank you for your time, for sharing your thoughts and answering questions, and just generally just hanging out. But thank you, Diana, and um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll speak very soon. And there we go, guys, the amazing Diana Levine. I gotta say, I was a little bit nervous speaking to Diana. On top of that, I'm also slowly building my podcast slash talking skills so i apologize if my hosting skills is a bit meh again a really big thank you to diana for joining in and hanging out with us and if you guys want to check out diana's work and follow her on her socials which i highly recommend i want to put all the details in the description below and if you guys like the video like the video and subscribe if you haven't and i'll see you guys in the next video and until then keep on creating keep on inspiring